Try it. But I can't hear you at all. There you Try go. my best. I was just be, I was being quiet. I was whispering. Well, you can't whisper on a podcast, Nick. Yes, the ASMR shit. People love that. What's the ASMR? It's when they just whisper into a microphone for like an hour and people, it calms them, among other things. Can you understand what they're saying? Yeah, it's very clear. It's just very whispery. What are they saying? Uh, I, like people will do whole like item reviews so they'll literally review like a hard drive and they'll be like and this hard drive right here is my favorite hard drive because of this truth are they sleeping or are they wanking is what I want to know <laughs> the world will never because know because it sounds like a fetish I've never heard of it, you know sometimes f- fetishes are the ones that also put us to sleep I don't know I don't know where I'm going with that <laughs> I'm not judging by any means I'm just asking for a friend <laughs> guys you're listening to oddity files the podcast i'm kitsy duncan and i'm nick floyd and i am completely over prepared today <laughs> because last week i was very very underprepared. so and i want to apologize those of you that are still here listening god i fucking love you so <laughs> you say it like it was like it was you know this terrible thing it was fine it was great you saved the show nick with your awesome story uh, i'm just saying i'm that sorry was the only thing worth listening to on that program are you kidding me <laughs> the the poop volcano was probably the highlight of my week so thank yeah, you you know the diarrhea jokes were pretty fucking funny i'm not gonna <laughs> lie <laughs> on today's episode we just talk about how much we enjoyed last week's episode <laughs> <laughs> deal with it people we're just patting ourselves on the back. Or I'm whining, I guess. I don't know. You know what I did today, Nick? I put up a tree in my office. It's about, I'd say maybe six feet tall. And it's lit. It's not green. It's fucking black. I have a black Halloween tree. I almost called it a Christmas tree in my office right now. Oh my God. I love it. I'm here for it. I, I'm not even like, I can't even hide the fact that you're doing that. And I feel like I should be, but I ordered uh, a Halloween, like best of on vinyl. So we could already start getting ready for Halloween. Oh, I can't wait. I just, I mean, September is just around the corner and most of the people, not our wonderful listeners, but most of the people start celebrating in October. I've been celebrating since January 15th, probably, as you can all see behind me here. But I can really let my freak flag fly and put up a tree in my office. Honestly, I think somebody posted it in the Facebook fan group and I clicked, said, deliver soon. That's me. Yep. It's uh, there. And if there's anything we've learned about 2020, there are no rules. You just kind of do whatever you want. Are you kidding me? I would decorate if I had all because we moved recently and like we got rid of ton of a ton of shit because we downsized. And it's like if if we had all of our Christmas stuff for like our 3000 square foot house uh, and we had the Halloween shit, too. I would literally the moment quarantine start started, I would just put Every I would put like Halloween in this room, Christmas in this room, Thanksgiving in this Valentine's, room, Valentine's Day in this room, my birthday in this room, <laughs> Fourth of July, all the things. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I would do that. You know, if but... I'm stuck at home, come next year, right after Christmas, I'm gonna do that shit. You're well, and that's the catch too. Is like this year especially, no one's selling anything. So like the stores are still getting shipped like Valentine's Day shit and Fourth of July shit. And then Halloween's gonna come around and they're gonna get shipped Halloween shit. So after Halloween, go in, buy up all the stuff on sale, and just have a multi holiday home. I mean, yeah, I'm down. I'm down. You're a genius. <laughs> oh, you know what I did? I was on Amazon looking for some some games to play in my glamper, and I found us a mascot for the podcast. Oh, Are you ready for this? Oh, shit. It is Mr. Predicto. What? Oh, my Lord. And when you lift him up, he's supposed to predict your future. Oh. He's broken. Oh, there it is. 
I am confident it is no. <laughs> so it's like a magic eight ball that fucking talks to you. Oh my god. I wouldn't have one of those because I feel like... Oh shit. I would have it like next to me. What's it gonna say? It is a strong possibility. You need one. He just said so. That's pretty. Yeah, I know. Pretty much. (laughs) Mr. Predicto. (laughs) I I can't get him to go off. Oh, shit. I feel like if I had one like sitting on my desk, it would reach a point where my life would become a horror movie where like I'd have thoughts and I had this thought about like, should I go to the grocery store? And then all of a sudden, Mr. Predicto would come on and be like, that is absolutely the thing you should do. (laughs) Like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) But, you know, if we're undecided about anything on this podcast, I figure our mascot, Mr. Predicto, which was $7.99 on Amazon, can help us in any quandaries we may or may not have. Yeah. So since this is a podcast and you guys can't see what I just picked up, it's like a white shimmery globe that's probably probably fit nicely in two hands. It's got a sticker on the top that says Mr. Predicto. And Mr. Predicto is... Oh, where's my cam? He's a, a wizard. See, he said he's a wizard. So, or just look it up on Amazon. Mr. Predicto. Like seven ninety nine. I highly recommend him. Literally, that's the only reason I bought him was for this podcast. There's nothing... You, you, you can admit... That you also bought him to help you make life decisions. That's okay. Yeah, my eight ball's broken. So this will come in handy. <laughs> so this will do. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, for sure. Um, Guys, check out our socials. We're on all the stuff and all the things. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Nick, give it. Uh, it's at Oddity Files. It's that simple. Well done. Boom. And what does Mr. Predicto say? Doctor? Mr.? Answer is no. Oh, oh. shit. <laughs> I think Mr. Predicto's wrong. <laughs> and we have a Patreon. Oh, okay. We're okay to talk about the Patreon. What a twist. The Patreon is patreon.com slash oddity files. I will, uh, I've been updating it. So yay. And <laughs> check it out. We've got different um, levels to just kind of say, hey, I appreciate what you're doing, and and you guys are the greatest. And since I was glamping last week, um, and the internet was better at a campsite than it was at my home, I was able to upload last week's Zoom. So it's that one's up to date. I have a few more to get up, but I'm hoping <laughs> when I go camping this weekend to go see... Mr. Bruce Campbell, our campsite will have decent internet as well. Oh, hooray. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I'm All g- the way out in Pennsylvania. I'm going back to Blue Ridge this weekend. Ooh, sweet. Yeehaw. So you're going to be in Pennsylvania. I'm going to be in, uh, I'm going to be up in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Is that where you were last time? Uh, yeah, it was like south of Blue Ridge, but I am going to be, uh, 16 minutes from the Bigfoot Museum again. So guess where I'm going to be. <laughs> Tell him I said hello. And I can't wait to meet every single person there. I'm so, so excited. excited. Oh, I can't wait to go back. Let, let them know we cannot shout out them enough. Yeah. Oh, true. I'm just going to sit there and talk, buy more DVDs and be like, hi, I'll take all the DVDs you have, please. Yeah. One of each. One of each. Please. Maybe two. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yep. I might get really bored. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Um, also, we have merch for sale, and it's fun. It's just fun shit you can wear to show off that you love the show. Head on over to oddityfiles.com slash site slash shop, and just scroll on down, and you can see all the different versions that are available there. Nick, do you notice anything new behind me on my shelves? Lower shelf? Um, I see two dolls. You do. I opened it today. Oh, shoot. <laughs> and I think she might have been pissed. I left her in the box for like three weeks. Oh, yeah. Did something happen? Yeah. No, oh, okay. no. She just like when the box came, I left it up and it felt so happy and lovely. And I picked it up today. It's like, okay, bitch, it's about time was the vibe I got. <laughs> but nothing has happened. The dogs have not barked at the new one. Oh. Like they do the old one still. So that theory 
maybe sh- bad. I don't know. Interesting. So we'll there might be yeah. something well, there. Or maybe Annette's happy that Claudette is with her now. Maybe. So that that's could what be. I'm hoping for. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping for it too. I'm. I'm definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, may the odds be in your favor. Is that the thing? <laughs> <laughs> Ever in your favor. Uh, one more thing I've been meaning to talk about since my birthday. It's been like a month and a half ago. My daughter-in-law. So I, I use Fiesta Wear Bakeware. This is for, you know, anybody who's into kitchen shit. But I use Fiesta Wear. It lasts forever. I've had it. I went through children with it and everything. And what I love about it, you can go to antique stores. And it's like, you know what? I broke a plate. Here, I'll pick any color I want and add it to the same style plate I have at home. They have a Halloween collection. And my daughter-in-law bought me this lovely platter. It has like a little skull in the middle and it's got like creepy books next to it. And it goes with all of my dishware I already have. That's amazing. Yeah. And I kept forgetting to talk about it. So Mary, Zach, and AB, thank you for that. You guys are the best. Um, Nick, you ready for some paranormal in the news? Um, You know, I'm ready for some. I'm ready for any news that's not just normal news. This is this is a feel good, good. kind of. <laughs> so, a grieving mom believes the spirit of her 2-year-old daughter was captured in video footage in the graveyard where she was buried. Little Faviola Rodriguez was buried at the Masonic Cemetery in Las Cruces or Cruces, yeah, New Mexico after she died in September 2018 while in the care of her mother's boyfriend. Um, The images that appear, they show a small child walking around the graveyard at night, and they were captured by a camera placed on a nearby headstone that was reportedly being vandalized. The family was reviewing the footage, looking for evidence that the person they believed killed their son was vandalizing his grave. When they saw images of a little girl in the cemetery at night, they were concerned and contacted the owners, thinking the child must be lost. I mean, it legit looks like a kid. The worker reportedly told the family, we know that little girl, and showed them where she was buried. Little girl's mother, Sandra Gonzalez, had reportedly alerted the graveyard owners to be on the lookout before the images were captured, as she noticed toys and other items left in front of her daughter's grave had begun to go missing. A day after the family went to the cem- went to cemetery owners with the images, they happened to run into Gonzalez while she was visiting her daughter's grave. They showed her what their camera captured, and Gonzalez told WOAI she's positive that the spirit is her child. She literally said, I know that's my daughter. Wow. They said she told us that she had something really beautiful to show us, and they, ca- they had captured on their video camera. So then she pulled out her phone and she showed it to me. And as soon as she showed me the picture, I started crying. The final image captured by the family's camera, this is where it turns into feel good, appears to show the child walking away into the night with a much taller figure. Gonzalez believes the image shows her daughter leading the other family's deceased son to heaven. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, these are, I mean, they're at night, so it's IR ring style camera, and it literally looks like a little girl was just wandering around this graveyard. And they show photos of the little girl as well, and it looks just like this little girl. So, on our Instagram, every week we do uh, episode stories, and then we highlight them. So, I'll put pictures of this sweet little baby girl and the images of her spirit that was allegedly, I think, maybe absolutely captured in this graveyard. That's really interesting. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty, that's like everything in that story. There's no piece of that story that's like, well, I know, you know none of it. It all feels very much so like a, like an actual, like a real story. So, yeah, I, I think so, too. That's that's my news. That's better than the than the news that I thought it was going to be. What did you think it was going to be? I thought we had a rando nodding update, but uh Oh shit. Yeah, I sent that to I tagged you in something. Yeah. 
I didn't know if we were going to talk yeah, about so it. I forgot about it. So we should totally talk about it after I say I finished writing my book. I'm over over the amount of words I was supposed to write. Yes. And now I'm currently skimming through because everybody who's following me on any social media or have gotten a text from me knows that I'm the queen of the fucking typos. <laughs> and sometimes when I type, it puts words that might actually change my story. So now I've gone through my intro and I'm halfway through part one. Because I told you guys last week or the week before that there's three parts yeah. to this. So. Heck yeah. I should have it sent out on time. That's freaking amazing. I am so excited, <laughs> and I know I'm not the only one, so. Um, but yes, randonauting. Remember that story we told y'all about the suitcases that were found, and we're like, I call bullshit. This is just for TikTok views. Nick, tell him, tell him the outcome. Uh, the outcome apparently was like, the dude who suitcased their their body parts is a straight up serial killer who was the landlord of the two people uh, that are dead. Yep, so, there were really bodies in there. Yeah, so now I'm questioning everything. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is real. Somebody tagged me in that. I think it was Valerie, and I'm like, oh no, I got a tag Nick. Yeah, I got a tag Nick. You add serial killers, rando nodding. I'm down for this shit yeah i'm down for it too i'm definitely gonna poke around uh and see if i can find like because it, it was just like an instagram post so it could be you know people could make it up but I mean, there's names and ages and shit so it, it, it seems very real yeah. so i'm gonna do some digging yeah. uh this week and 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 we'll do an update of the update uh next week's episode okay oh we do have one more update nick and i did some research on the mer the fucking mermaid oh yeah and I believe Nick found out what that actually was. I, I feel so. Here's the thing: I, I didn't do like deep, deep. I didn't like deep research in it, but apparently it was in like Google Works. Google Works. I saw the video, and the video was like it was in Brazil or somewhere. And then apparently on Twitter, everyone was saying that it was taken in Nashville, and I live in the Nashville area. Um, and then in uh, November of last year, there was a company that established like mermaid training uh, where, you know, you get a mermaid lessons, mermaid lessons, or you get a tail and you get to splash around in a lake. So I feel like we were just seeing someone bored at home. They slapped their tail on and they went for a swim. Or maybe it was the lesson and the person who was learning to be a mermaid may have drowned. Yeah. Or just swam a little too far. <laughs> Be. Or maybe couldn't keep up with the instructor. Let's go with that. Or the instructor couldn't keep or. up with her. Oh, let's see. <laughs> instructor. Dude. Yeah, dude. The answer is yes. Yep, that was it. Good job, Nick. Yep, boom. Look at that. I love it. It's like Cin Cindy went too far this time, and the instructor's like, Cindy, get your mermaid ass back here. Instructor Brittany was telling Cindy to get her ass back here. <laughs> you, you better flip your way back here, Cindy. I'm going to kick you out of the class. I showed you. <laughs> Who the hell you think you are? <laughs> oh, God. I paid $95 for this shit. I can, I can flip where I want. Is that how much the lessons were? I don't know. It's probably something absurd. It's got to be. I'm sure it is. Because you get your flippers. Do you get the seashell bra is the most important question. I feel, or is it coconuts? I, I feel like that's optional. I feel like that's just if you... It's all about aerodynamics at that point. In Nashville, they don't care. No. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they don't care in Nashville. <laughs> I feel like the coconut bra... You know how it's like itchy inside a coconut? Yeah. Can't, who would put that on their boobs? Well, they probably they probably keep the coconut inside the bra. So that way it's oh, a nice like moisturizer. Yeah, it moisturizes. It's just a nice all around like wholesome experience, I think. Dude, you're a genius. I can't tell you that enough. <laughs> Moisturizing uh, boobies? Sure. <laughs> It's all the rage. It's just science, really. I don't know. Just trying to... True. I didn't think of it because I'm not the science type. I write stories. Oh, Speaking of stories, Nick, I think you go first. Speaking of science, 
What a great segue. <laughs> Stories and science. And here we are. How freaking amazing. Let's talk about science for a second. Oh, you're going science for real? I thought you were just kidding around. No, I'm, I'm going science. Yes. Uh, I'm going I, science for I real. I fucking love science. Yes, I'm a big, bring it. big science fan. So there's a lot of mystery around, you know, what is paranormal? What is odd? And the real question I have and this, this has nothing to do with science. <laughs> like, it does. I'm getting well, there. I'm, I'm even more worried. excited. Just taking the long route today. Yeah, yeah, I'm going full circle. The, the question, really, that I have is, if something already existed, does it make it paranormal or odd if it was a thing that we knew was real? Because in paranormal, in the paranormal realm, something that was and now is is paranormal yes yes <laughs> so i got there yeah it okay. took me a second but i got there <laughs> meanwhile everyone listening something to this that's dead is, is, is yes but that was a much more poetic way to say it. people listening are just like i have not had enough coffee for this shit <laughs> <laughs> happy friday happy friday um no I've, in particular what i'm talking about i'm not talking about ghosts i am talking about motherfucking dinosaurs that's what i'm talking about what yes I, I love dinosaurs who doesn't if you don't you're probably a terrible person exactly <laughs> so my question really now that i have revealed the science piece of this if dinosaurs did exist and they do not anymore if the existence of dinosaurs in today's world, does that make it odd or paranormal or uh, is that lean in the crypto realm? Crypto. One million percent. Nessie, hello. Yep. So She's really just a brachiosaurus? Is uh, that what they're called? I believe I believe the the water ones are I think it's a ple plesiosaur or plesiosaur. Yeah. Yeah, my grandson would know. He's four. He actually knows all, <laughs> all the, dinosaur the dinosaur names. Blows my fucking mind. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what the fuck's going on in North Carolina right now. I don't know. I don't Tell either. Me. So <laughs> this actually comes from charlottestories.com. This is a real, like, legitimate news site from uh, North Carolina, which is great. Okay. And... As of August 9th, 2020, when this article slash story was written, there's some there's some flying dinosaur sightings in North Carolina happening right now. Get the fuck out. Yeah. So let's dive no, in. No, that's terrifying. <laughs> that's scarier than the fucking wolf man for me. 2020. I see Jurassic Park. <laughs> Those things eat you. 2020 is really coming at us hard, I tell you. So, North Carolina has long been home of legends like Bigfoot, the Lake Norman Monster, and Lizard Men. But recently, there's been a growing... Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been to Lake Norman. What monster... What is... Oh, okay, I'm writing this down. I'm doing this story next. Yeah, Sorry. Maybe to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I can tell you about Bigfoot and lizard men, but I don't know anything about the Lake Norman monster. But recently, there's been a growing belief of modern pterosaurs living in North Carolina. Pterosaurs, which the most famous is a pterodactyl, were flying yes. reptiles that many scientists believe went extinct a long time ago. But cryptozoologist Jonathan Whitcomb recently published an article about the creatures, including new pterodactyl sightings in North Carolina. Johnny, my man. Yeah, coming in hot with the scoop. He commented, yes. quote, my associates and I believe that these are non-extinct pterosaurs, what many persons would call pterodactyls or flying dinosaurs. Well, that's what I'd call them. <laughs> yeah. Those flying dinosaurs. It's those flying ones. It's the one with the wings and the head. <laughs> and the big beak and they peck your head. And uh, Cynthia Lee, who has been studying to become a veterinary technician, reported to Whitcomb an apparent pterosaur that she saw on Thursday, January 4th in Raleigh, North Carolina. This year? Yeah, this year. 2020. Oh, there it goes. Yep. It was the start of it. Yep. 
Sorry. Somebody woke Godzilla up and there's all this shit's coming. Motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, she was sure that the flying creature had no feathers, but it did have a long tail with a, quote, diamond-shaped bulb at the end of the tail. It also had a head crest. She also spotted the creature last week following Wednesday's snow. I guess there was snow in North Carolina recently. This can't be right. In the mountains? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I think they. I think this is like an updated article from back in uh, like February. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, Lee was taking an Uber ride to work when she saw the same crested creature out the window. The driver did not see it. Oh, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Hmm. Is it real? She well, his it? eyes were on the road. Right. He was being safe. That's all that matters here. Yeah. She was allowed to kind of wander, and he was just he's being safe. Her recent sightings in Raleigh weren't the first occasion someone in Cynthia's family had seen an apparent pterosaur. She told Whitcomb about a sighting many years earlier, saying, quote, My mother and uncle saw one, too, while they were playing outside of my grandma's house when they were really little. They told grandma... I want the pterosaur, Gene. I, I do, too. <laughs> I want to see one. <laughs> Please. Uh, they told Grandma, but she didn't believe it. I thought they were extinct. She, uh, since she has seen for herself, however, Cynthia no longer believes they are all extinct, which is crazy. Insane. But it's just been her family that's seen them. Uh, you'll get to it. I'm sorry. Oh, it's. Thank you for asking. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Whitcomb also wrote an extensive article on LiveTerrasaurs.com, which includes several additional North Carolina sightings, including the following three. One in Charlotte, North Carolina, where a man and his cousin saw something bringing to his mind the word dragon. The man said it looked like what I had seen in a Jurassic Park movie. Whoa. It's pretty on the nose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the second is in Asheville, North Carolina. A lady saw a, quote, huge black-winged creature fly very low over her car. It had no feathers, but, quote, sharp edges to its features. I'm going Mothman on that one. Could be a Mothman. There, that's North Carolina. That's North Carolina, right? It's, it's close. It's, it's close enough. We'll count it. And the final sighting that was reported by Whitcomb himself was in Jacksonville, North Carolina, where an eyewitness saw something quote huge flying in the sky, saying it looked like a pale greenish white and smooth skinned. It didn't appear to have any feathers, and it had the tail with the diamond shape on the end. Hmm. hmm. It's, uh... I would not count on it. Oh, shit. Are you, are you telling me? Listen here. <laughs> Mr. Predicto. Mr. Predicto. He may be fired as you the mascot. You son of a bitch. I'm telling you. Try to challenge my pterodactyl story. This was the fear I had. <laughs> this is why I don't want one, because I'm scared it's going to start talking to me when I don't ask it anything. Uh, <laughs> So what a lot of people don't know is that North Carolina is considered by many cryptozoologists to be one of America's seven pterosaur hotspot states. Oh, I didn't know this was a throughout the country thing to where there's hotspots. Yeah. The, all righty then. The hotspots are all mostly coastal. We have California as one of the seven. North Carolina oh, and South Carolina is one of the seven. Georgia. Is pot legal in the Carolinas? I don't think so. I think it's like Bible Belt community. <laughs> Feel like it's not. So we have gotcha. California, uh, North South Carolina, Georgia, Texas, Hawaii, and then that one state that's right next to Nevada. I don't know what it is on a map. <laughs> Why uh, Utah? No, Utah. Or California. It's to the then. It's to the Wyoming. Yeah, it's the one. It's the one that looks kind of like an L that's right above Arizona. <laughs> oh, New Mexico. Yes. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Sound off in the comments. Let, let, let us know in the comments what, what state. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> or, hey, wait. The one time we can use him. You can rely on that. So, it's New, New Mexico. Yeah, 100% New Mexico. Um, Sorry. 
So in these states, these hotspot states are basically uh, updated on January 4th, 2018. These are uh, nine or more sightings within the state. So it's not, we're not talking a ton here, but it's more than nine. Yeah. Over under. Okay. So finally, uh, Matt Cartmill, professor of emeritus of evolutionary anthropology at Duke University, said that it's not impossible for there to be living pterosaurs today, but it's highly unlikely. And uh, the quote he said is, I can't believe that if there were living pterosaurs in North America, three centuries of naturalists, explorers, farmers, hunters, trappers, and biologists would never have run across a single specimen, living or dead. I'd rank it as being slightly more probable than living unicorns in Raleigh and Durham, but only slightly. (laughs) Only slightly. Only slightly more than unicorns. What's he got against unicorns? He's just being an asshole, I guess. Asshole. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. So pterosaurs living in North America. It's it's not... It's not too crazy. It's not far off. Like, if the dinosaurs got hit... If the asteroid hit, you know, when that whole shit happened, the one dinosaur that probably would be able to get away is the one that can fly. Well, here's my thing, too. The fucking icebergs are melting. You don't know what was frozen immediately in those things. I'm more worried about the germs, but there could have been some pterosaurs. I'm telling you, anything's possible. And I just... uh, It's... It just, it makes sense to me, like, that it's fine. I don't know if they're going to swoop down and, like, straight up wreck somebody, but, uh... Eh, I, I think they would have done that. I think they're waiting to breed more so they can overpower us. Yeah, overpower. With that. But also, the fact that these sightings are happening more and more in 2020 when people are indoors, it's like, maybe it feels okay for them to kind of, like... Pop around and see what's going on. Ooh, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, not. In- I'm I'm gonna search for pictures so I can show my grandson. He'll be so excited. Yeah, I'll send a video to you, and we can we can like clip out the video or something. There's a great video on YouTube that's like sightings and oh, yeah. shit. Um, and most of them are in North Carolina. It's very interesting. Yeah, please do, and then I'll put them in our Instagram stories for this episode, which is 93. I even wrote that down. In my notes, Nick. I know what episode it is. I I know who goes first, and it was you. That was really good, though. I like it. Yeah, it's a, Thank you. a little quick fix. Bring in dinosaurs. I feel like we need to be reminded how dope dinosaurs are. Sometimes we forget. Just talk to my grandson. Hey, yeah. He knows all the names. I'll, I'll have a full we conversation. Were, yeah, <laughs> we, took, we went on a hike, and the whole time he's like rattling off dinosaur names. So there's this show... It's a Canadian kids show. It's Dino Dana and Dino Dan and Trex Adventure. I've seen them all. And it's these kids with, I don't know if it's really their imagination or if they're really fucking seeing these dinosaurs or not. I can't figure it out. But he has learned every single dinosaur. What He has flashcards. You show him a dinosaur, he's like, that's a... But he knows the real name. I mean... He's going to be a valuable asset to us when uh, dinosaurs take over in like 17 years or something. Sweet. Plus, I mean, there's cloning at this point. We all saw Jurassic Park. Some asshole who got fired from some company is trying to Jurassic Park that shit. Oh, there's someone in a lab somewhere who's been working on getting bringing a woolly mammoth back for like 11 years. And he's like getting closer and closer. And then one day it's going to overrun the lab and it's going to be a bunch of woolly mammoths running around. <laughs> Hopefully they only make one. <laughs> yeah, but what if it's like asexual and it can reproduce oh. on its own and then True. that's some Jurassic Park shit. All the dinosaurs it being is. female. Yeah, you're right. So terrifying. Those movies scare the shit out of me, but I love them. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love. Oh, I love. I love a good Jurassic Park. There actually there was a uh, I'll, I'll send this to. There was a thing that was circulating on social media yesterday, or not yesterday, last week, over the weekend, of a, no one noticed it, I guess, ever. The scene where the, the, the raptors are going in the kitchen and getting the kids or whatever. Yeah. There's a shot where the raptor comes in the door for the first time, and you see a puppeteer behind the, the raptor holding his tail to make sure his tail can get in the door. 
Oh my God, I love that so much. I'm so good. That's the first one, I'm assuming, because that's where the kitchen scene happened. Yeah, yeah, it's the first movie. And uh, yeah, the little clip was going around, but it was like someone watching their TV and they were like, oh my God, has anybody noticed this? And of course, the internet didn't at all. It's been 27, 28 years. Oh my God. Yeah. I saw that in the theater. I'm that old. Yeah, but like watching that shit on VHS, there's no way you saw that. Like because it's like the extra no. 4K, 4K, Blu ray, high definition. Oh. And people are like, oh, I see everything now. <laughs> Literally. Absolutely. Um, do you mind if I tell a story? I got a good one. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to shut up and okay. listen. I'll never shut up, but listen, please. <laughs> Guys, I'm pretty excited to tell you about this new product I'm using. Soul Drops are sacred plant supplements that boost overall wellness by enhancing your mind, body, and spirit. See what I did there? Made with traditional healing plants, this special microdosing option empowers self-healing and performance optimization. Soul Drops allow you to power up physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Again, see what I did there? With only a few drops per day, Soul Drops can empower your self-healing and optimization. Now, I'm not kidding. I found Soul Drops on a social media ad, and guys, I'm shocked at the results. I'm not even kidding. I'm not making this up. I am shocked at the results. My moods have leveled out, and I'm sleeping better. So Soul Drops is brought to you by renowned shamanic healer and herbalist Vlada Talan. She uses an ancient process to offer all natural, legal, and safe microdosing. Her master plant formulas have transformed the lives of thousands of people, including me. So I figured out a way to get you guys Soul Drops at a 10% discount. Are you ready? Head on over to souldrops.net and type in oddity files one word in the discount code box. I got the Master Trinity set, and I tell you what, this stuff works. So head on over to souldrops.net and remember to type oddity files, again, one word, into the coupon code to get your 10% off. And you know what? You can just thank me later. Paraboxmonthly.com. Get ready for this. It's kind of cool. Every box contains an amazing soft style paranormal t-shirt and a content card. These items also contain a hidden password. Okay, once discovered, it'll open up a new mystery online. How cool is that? If you can solve their challenge, you'll be entered into a monthly drawing for free merchandise. So cool. So here's all you need to do. You head to paraboxmonthly.com and add promo code oddityfiles. And you're set. Check it out. It's paraboxmonthly.com, promo code oddity files. Check it out. I am super excited about our latest podcast partner, which is Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bones coffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. So today I'm going to tell you the story of Emily Segay and the name Emily is spelt so beautiful. It's E-M-I-L-I-E. I love it so much. Oh. And that story goes a little something like this. Not much is known of Emily's childhood or her life until American writer Robert Dale Owen, who was told the story by Julie von Guldenstube, and everyone wanted to know more about the very strange case of Emily Segay. 
This isn't all that surprising as she had to move from town to town most of her adult life in search of her next job. So she never really talked about her past because Emily had a chaperone of sorts. And sadly, this so-called friend wasn't helping her keep jobs very long. Because when co-workers would start to see the sidekick hanging around, Emily would have to start job hunting again in a different town. Emily's companion wasn't a cousin, wasn't a sibling or a BFF. It was her doppelganger or spirit double or duplicate from the other side. And sadly, Emily had no control over her. And in this case, she didn't need to be asleep for this counterpart to make her presence known. What we do know about her childhood is this. Emily was born in France, and she wanted to be a teacher from as far back as she could remember. She was a pretty chill kid, but was very shy. The other kids that grew up with Emily said that they never really played with her, and most assumed she had a twin sister, because most of the time they saw Emily, the sister was right there with her. Nobody thought it was strange at all. What did puzzle the locals was that Emily and her twin never interacted. They always just kind of went about their own business and were never seen playing together. They were just always together. And one was always mimicking the other. They could never tell which was which because they were always dressed the same and were identical in every way. And it was assumed it was, you know, hashtag sister shit. (laughs) (laughs) Emily's family was aware of the strange phenomenon that was happening to their youngest daughter, but never spoke of it. People in this time and place were insanely superstitious. And if the neighbors were to find out, their successful little bakery would surely go under. Her parents brought in a tutor from another town to homeschool her. Her siblings were used to the carbon copy of Emily, just showing up and doing her thing. She's often been seen going through the motions of Emily's housework, while Emily was off in another room laying down, but not quite asleep. The family would ask her what she'd been thinking about when her duplicate was appearing to do the housework, and she never, ever could remember. Fast forward to 1845, and Emily is now 32 years old. She was attractive, smart, and in general, well-liked. However, curiously, she had already been employed in 18 different schools in the past 16 years. I'm going to butcher this name. Penzoit Vont Neuwickel in Volmar, Latvia, being her 19th workplace. And the following is the first documented case of Emily 2.0. The first time it was spotted at this new school was when she'd been teaching a class of 17 girls. She'd been normally writing on the board, her back facing the girls, when out of nowhere a projection a projection-like entity that looked just like her appeared. It stood right beside her, mocking her by imitating her movements. While everyone else in the class could see this doppelganger, Emily herself could not. In fact, she never came across her twin, which was just as well for her. It is considered to be an extremely bad omen to see one's own doppelganger. Children said, The wily apparition was the exact copy of Emily, except she was not holding the chalk like Emily was. Another sighting of the Emily wannabe was while she was eating seated at the dinner table, her lookalike was seen to manifest behind the original and mimicked her actions of eating. Again, the apparition was identical, except she wasn't holding utensils like Emily was. Since the first sighting, Emily's apparent twin was spotted quite frequently by others at the school. She was seen sitting beside the real Emily, imitating Emily, while she did her everyday work, sitting in class, or while Emily taught. One time, as Emily was helping one of her students dress up for an event, the doppelganger appeared. The student, as she looked down to suddenly find two Emilys fixing her dress, fainted immediately. The other teachers were starting to observe Emily, but it appears the children were shockingly not afraid and were just living with the spectral teacher part two. It took 
I did more thesaurus searching on this to come up with words for twin and doppelganger. So I wouldn't repeat it every 10 seconds. (laughs) Oh, so now Emily's double had begun to have a life of her own. The matronly match would be seen around the school, apparently completely independent of Emily 1.0, who was usually nowhere near the doppelganger. When this happened, just like in her childhood, she'd appear to be in a trance-like state when her phantom would be wandering around the school. But now when people ask her what she was thinking about in this state, she said she would see herself performing certain actions. And according to the students, these were the exact actions her phantom double was acting out. So it would seem that Emily had control of her tenacious twin. It, it gets annoying, all my puns for the word doppelganger. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's great. The most talked about sighting of Emily was when she was seen gardening by a class full of 42 girls who were learning sewing. When the supervisor of the class walked out for a bit, Emily walked in and sat down in her place. The students didn't think much of it until one of them pointed out that Emily was still in the garden doing her work. They must have been terrified by the other Emily in the room, but some of them were brave enough to go and touch the doppelganger. What they found was that their hands could go through her, only sensing what seemed like a bulk of cobwebs. Ooh. Oh, God. Ew. Ew, ew, ew. Oh. Okay, as time went on, the staff and, staff and students got used to Emily's lookalike apparition, and they said sometimes it was very definite and looked to be a real person, but other times it appears to be slightly see-through and shimmering. One teacher who shared a room with Emily said she witnessed some nights a kind of moving phosphorescence coming out of her roommate's sleeping body. And just hovering over it. Nope. 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 Sorry. When the other teacher would ask Emily about it, Emily would tell her roommate that she had just dreamt about staring at herself from above. So because of this ethereal entity, reports were making it back to the student's parents. And they were terrified by the supernatural dabbling and they complained to the headmistress. No immediate action was taken since the doppelganger was do- doppelganger. Maybe that's why I replaced that word so many times. Yes. Was doing no harm, and Emily was such an amazing teacher, and everyone just liked her. But soon, parents started removing their children from the school in true Karen form, <laughs> and the headmistress had no other choice but to let Emily go. So, as she did, Emily once again packed up her stuff and hopped in the next northbound stagecoach and left the town of Walmart behind her. And that was the last sighting of Emily Segay. There are no records of her death, and sources say she changed her name after leaving out of sheer embarrassment. Oh, shit. So there are very few explanations for Emily's doppelganger because of the bizarre nature of it. Actual cases of doppelgangers are quite rare in history, and Emily's story is probably the scariest of them all. It was heard that while Emily's doppelganger made itself visible, the actual Emily appeared to be very worn out and lethargic, as if the duplicate was part of her spirit that had broken free. When it disappeared, she went back to being her normal self. After the incident in the garden, Emily had said she had an urge to go inside the classroom to supervise the kids herself, but hadn't actually done it. This indicates that the doppelganger perhaps was a reflection of the kind of teacher Emily wanted to be, doing multiple tasks at once. Some people have a theory that this doppelganger comes out to do the tasks that Emily herself was doing in an alternate universe where she had made a choice different from that of the real world. And then I baited my social media accounts for personal stories of doppelgangers in true Nick Floyd form. (laughs) And y'all didn't disappoint. From my personal Twitter, 
Sheep the Moon said, When I was a kid, my dad lived with his second wife. They were repainting their bedroom. I woke up one day and wanted to see the progress. Went to their room and saw him painting. I went downstairs and I was eating breakfast and saw him mowing the lawn. So I asked him, did your dad ever see it? Which he responded, no, he did not. Anytime my sister and I told him about any weird happenings in that house, we basically, he would basically tell us it was our imaginations, been there, done that, still occasionally have nightmares about the house, despite not having been in it for like 35 years, to which I begged him to send stories of that house to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. And then this one just dropped into my DM about an hour ago. This is this is the piece de resistance. <laughs> Nailed it. Sure. Um, Julie Willis said, I've been traveling to Eastern Europe since 2011. 2011, I went to Bosnia and I stayed at my ex-fiance's guest home. Our home was attached to another home, but the doors to the other home were always locked. And the only person living in there part-time was Grandpa. Our guest... Our guest home never felt weird or uncomfortable. In 2012, Grandpa's wife passed away, and of course, Grandpa had a hard time with her death. I usually stay there during the summertime, so she passed after I left. Still, our guest home felt normal. In 2013, my ex-fiance said, can you please bring some white sage when you come back? Because Grandpa says he sees the devil in his room, and of course, I want to sage grandpa's broom since his home was attached to our home it got so bad that grandpa would get an axe and try to kill whatever it was he was seeing uh the ex-fiance's family actually had to lock grandpa's room at night so he couldn't roam the area with his axe um poor grandpa put him in a home there's a devil in his room jeez it's like the shining i know okay and she goes on to say so i arrive in bosnia july 2013. I saged Grandpa's home and our guest home. But this time, it seemed to do the opposite. Shortly after smudging both homes, things got weird. There were times at night that something pulled our blankets under our bed. And I lay there terrified till I eventually fell asleep. We had no animals in our guest room, just me and Darko, my ex-fiance. So in this part of the village, Darko's family owned a few homes close to each other. In the middle of all the homes is a gazebo. Darko's family are farmers, so they're up as early as 2 a.m. sitting in the gazebo, drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes. Oh, the good life. I quit smoking, but I'm three a day, but still the good life. Okay. The gazebo is about maybe 30 feet away from our guest home, and you have a direct view of the stairs that lead up to our front doors. One day... Momsillo, M-O-M-C-I-L-L-O, Momsillo, who is Darko's dad, asked, why was Julie outside at 2 a.m. petting the dog? So Darko asked me the same thing. I responded, I wasn't. Momsillo said he watched me pet the dog at 2 a.m. on the stairs. Our guest home has motion-detected lights. No one else in the village looked or dressed like me. Mumsillo swears it was me. Mumsillo said he watched me for an hour and I apparently looked at him a few times. That scared me knowing what that was, was outside my doors. At night, the village had a different vibe being so quiet that once I got it got dark, I stayed in the house and locked the door. A few weeks later, I was laying in bed and couldn't sleep. Darko was sound asleep and all of a sudden I feel a finger run up my middle finger. I jumped up and screamed. I woke Darko up and he asked me what was wrong. I told him there's something weird in this house. I told him something keeps pulling off the blankets in the middle of the night. Darko says, I know. I asked him why he didn't tell me. And he said, well, I didn't want to scare you. And this was two days before she went back to America. Also, this is a little bit more than doppelganger. She's got a couple stories going on here. Also, something strange. For three years in a row, my hairbrush disappeared the night before I flew out. I asked Darko if he took it, and he said no. No one else could have taken it. Three summers in a row, my hairbrushes disappeared the night before I left. Was it the house that took them? I will never know. I'm going to assume it was her doppelganger. My wingmen were absolute oddity on YouTube. 
and timesofindia.indiatimes.com and Mr. Nick Floyd for unwillingly letting me scam his idea for personal stories. Oh, gee whiz. That's cr- that's like pretty fucking insane that someone sent like that massive like piece of that's ins- that's nuts. Like Oh yeah. That's next level. So I yes, and I I told you how I found this. I was I've, I think somebody in the the Facebook group had posted a video and I was starting to watch it and I saw this in the corner. It's like the mysterious story of Emily Segay and her ghost twin. I'm like, click. (laughs) And I was enthralled the entire time. So, yeah, that's such an interesting thing. I've, you know, I've heard of doppelgangers, but like a spiritual twin is such a different thing. Thing and it's so fascinating to me and I know now I want to do a ton of research and like watch all the movies about this if there are any and if there aren't I have a movie to write I think there's a movie about her story really I believe yes in my google search I think I saw something about the movie so I just didn't watch it oh yeah even if it sucks I want to watch it just to see how like yeah how it how it goes how it looks i want to see the story unfold yeah no it was i was literally enthralled and i guess it this guy wrote about it in his book and i kind of want to get the book now yeah i I want like the whole documentation i want all of it that's that's give me it all give me all of the information about her i'm surprised there were no like i mean i guess she wouldn't get pictures taken of her i guess um, I, I didn't click on the images because I was, I just, I wanted more. Like one gave a little bit more information than the other. So I was just constantly going back and forth and trying to guess what the timeline of all these happenings were. Yeah. It's crazy how like it was, it was relatively recent. I mean, it was only like 130 something years ago, 140 years ago. And what's insane is how hard did that doppelganger have to work to not be seen by her? Yeah, that's terrifying. Like it, it's such it's a horrifying thing because it's like you have a shadow, but the shadow is you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Ugh. everything I had heard about doppelgangers and to this point is if you see your doppel- doppelganger, you die. I don't want that to happen. No, this, all this other stuff said misfortune. Misfor- death is misfortune. So I may have learned that from the ghost adventures, but I might want to do some real research on that. I want to do some research like the streetlight stuff. I want to see if there's a connection between uh, doppelganger seeing and simulation theory. Ooh. Because I feel like maybe that's how you beat the simulation is to find your doppelganger and see it. And then like one of one of you die, if not both of you, like you've transcended past outside of the simulation. Write that fucking movie. Please, I'd watch it. <laughs> oh my god, that would be. I feel like there's some sort of something that's been been like that. But yeah, like I don't know. That's that's sort of the idea. Is like maybe that's the secret. The secret to beat this yeah. beat the simulation we all live in is to find your doppelganger, and that's sort of how you win the game. And you kill it before it kills you. Bum, bum, bum. Done. That would be great. Except Done. you can't kill it because you you you'd like you, your hand would be all webby going through them oh that grossed me out so bad i mean like Aah! yeah but it brings up the theory that it's definitely a ghost because when you feel spider webs on your body and there's no spider webs there that's allegedly a spirit yeah it's happened to me a couple times and it still freaks me out like it's a real spider web that's pretty intense that, that's yeah i want i want i'm definitely gonna like as soon as we're done podcasting, I'm going to find the movies and I'm going to look at the books and I'm going to do all of this because this is really interesting to me. And I want to know if it's happened in Yay. other pieces of history, too. Like, I want to know, ha- yeah. has it happened since? And if it was this well documented in the 1800s, has it been documented as well? Or is the government like, we're sending you and your your spiritual ass twin to Area 51? <laughs> <laughs> But if, if any of you guys listening have stories, and, and I didn't get it before we recorded tonight, send them in to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. This is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Um, Has anybody seen their doppelganger and survived is what I want to know. Oh, anything is possible. I believe that. <laughs> I believe that. But speaking of listener stories, I'm going to... Real quick, run through this one. 
It is called Storytime, and it is from Savannah. She said, as a kid, I lived in a row house in Northeast Pennsylvania. When I was around, I don't know how old you are in fifth grade, probably between 10 and 11-ish, we lived on the end of three apartments, and the woman in the middle apartment was in her 40s and a witch. Oh. Even at that age. Yeah. Yeah, did you okay. when you were growing up did you like have with that house oh the witch lives there i mean like kind of but also like what a great little nugget in the story like then we had a neighbor it was also a witch like she's 40 something and a witch yeah definitely a witch 100 percent. everyone was a witch in the yeah. fifth grade everyone was like a wizard and a witch to me i was like fuck yeah <laughs> yeah well, so our neighborhood had the witch's house. We had the J Street Monster, which I have, I don't remember what the J Street Monster was supposed to be. I'm not sure if it was like a disabled kid, which is terrible. And I feel bad if that was what it was. But I Googled it and I can't find it. And then we had the haunted house on J Street, which was my fucking house. So J Street had all the stuff and all the things. Oh, what the fuck? What? Mr. Predicto, how do I get my internet to work? What the The signs say no. What about my internet? I asked him. <laughs> what the hell was that? That was insane. I I lost you. No doubt. I, and you came back. I yeah, legit yeah. lost like all of the zoom. Like it all went away. And then all I hear is the is predict Mr. Predicto, like start. <laughs> and all of a sudden Zoom like like just starts back up. It was magical. That's some dark magic. Speaking of witches. <laughs> okay, I saved the spot because you were drinking water for far too long and I figured you were frozen. Perfect. Okay. So even at that age, it intrigued the shit out of me. You go, girl, because I would have been crying and running to my mommy. <laughs> I remember her watching her bind people and bury candles, etc., in my yard. Well, so naturally, I'd go over and spend time there a lot because I was curious. So one night, her teenage niece was watching me, and while we were sitting on the couch just watching TV, excuse me, all of a sudden, I felt this awful chill and uncomfortable feeling. I look over at the bottom of the stairwell, and clear as day was the shadow of a man. It looked like someone was literally standing at the top of the steps. There was no one else in the house but us two girls. The shadow was a large man wearing some kind of hat, shadow men with hats, that reminded me of a fedora style or something worn in the 50s. It was not a good feeling at all. And she was okay with ghosts and stuff, even at that age. And it scared the living shit out of me. We both froze up finally and ran outside and made my dad come over and check the house no one else was there my father simply told us hang out over at my apartment with him and let him be whomever he was the next day i went back over and the awful feeling was gone strange right no one can ever tell me there's nothing out there thanks for listening and have a kick-ass day peace savannah thompson Man, Savannah Thompson's freaking badass Sabrina Buffy vampire slayer type shit. That like, I love that she was like at, at ten and eleven. Yeah, like ten and eleven. Be like, I saw her do spells and light candles and like bind people. <laughs> bind like, people. Like sweet, I'm eleven and want to befriend that person's niece. Like, let's freaking go. Like that's. I wish I was her. I do too. <laughs> that's like, I couldn't even. I could. I was like wet in the bed at eleven. No, that's not true. Oh, we were both hiding over <laughs> under our covers, crying. You know it. If I had a witch, actually, the witch in my neighborhood lived kitty corner to me. I just never looked at her house. I was terrified. I feel like maybe never went trick or treating there. I feel like maybe I had like a witch, but like like Pokemon cards scared me when I was in fifth grade. Like I'm oh. not even. I like they're like that's not true. I'm just I'm over exaggerating, but okay. I'm. <laughs> Maybe it was. I was like, all my kids were fine with them. I don't remember. Maybe it was. I like. I, <laughs> I'm not saying I wasn't. Yeah, I was, but I'm not saying I was. <laughs> I was terrified of everything. I really was. And then we moved into the haunted house, and it got worse. Yeah. <laughs> and here I am. Now I've become Savannah at fifty. 
<laughs> if we could all just be Savannah, like, can we just all like, can we just like put yo- like like a, a drawn cartoon version of like young Savannah as like a little like vampire witch hunter and be like, let's all be like Savannah. Savannah, I need a photo of you at ten years old, stat, and then I need an artist that can do that. Oh, it'd be so sick! Like a like a got like a a snake in one hand and like some holy water, like a holy water grenade in another hand. She can be like straight up Lost Boys Buffy style. This is like the next comic book. This is great. Savannah, Savannah Witch Hunter or like Savannah Witch Befriender. Like, like how do you, what level of like people hunt witches and stuff and like hunt all these things and like, You've just infiltrated the family. You're like, you found the niece and you're like, sweet, let's be friends. I'm in your house now. Guess what? Ha! Like, I was just, (laughs) I don't know. And and you're babysitting me, but my dad's at home. Yeah. I'm so cool. You want to babysit me when my parents are home. Yeah. That's like ultimate, that's next level witch hunting infiltration right there. That's the name of this next episode. Savannah Witch Hunting. (laughs) Yes. Oh, uh, but guys, if you have stories, whether you liked witches or not, whether you have a dapple dapple that's why I changed the word doppelganger so often in that story. Whether you have a doppelganger or not, we want to hear it. Send it to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. You know, just make the subject line something witty and write a good story with a beginning a middle and an end you guys are so good at it and we appreciate it so much it's kind of you know added content that we don't have to work for and i like it hell yeah but guys (laughs) weird is the new cool (laughs) and ghost on for the love of all things sacred (laughs) and befriend witches yes kitsy out oh my god befriend witches Oddity Files is an independent production. Intro music created by DJ Jimmy. Wah, wah. 2020 artwork created by me, Kitsy Duncan. The opinions expressed in this podcast are ours and ours alone. Well, maybe yours too. If you like the show and would like to support us, visit oddityfiles.com and click on support or go to patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Every little bit helps with both the podcast and the TV show. You can also support us by watching Oddity Files on Amazon Prime. It's free to Prime members and dirt cheap to those who aren't. You can find us on all the social media sites at Oddity Files. Keep spreading the word by sharing, retweeting, and reposting. Join our Oddity Files Facebook group by searching Oddity Files Fan Group and click join. We'll approve you as soon as we can. All weirdos are welcome. Not into that social media stuff? Tell your coworkers, family, even the weird guy who just won't stop talking to you in line for coffee. Oh, and grandma. Your grandma will love us. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if it weren't for you, we have no idea what we would do with our lives. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send it on in at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also, send in story ideas, silly, weird memes, or just positive vibes to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. You can also call in and leave that in a voicemail. Call us at 317 300 6699. To contact us about an appearance, reach out at kitsy at oddityfiles.com. When you have a sec, rate, review, and subscribe. We know it doesn't sound like much, but it really helps us get up there on the podcasting charts. And remember, kids, weird is the new cool. Ghost on. Um, why are you still here? Go on. Get out of here. Turn it off. It's done. Really. I swear. Go. Get. Serious. I'm out of here.